Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, so if you were not with us last week, Pastor Bernie, Pastor Bernie started us on this new series, the book of James called Faith Works. And if I could be honest with you, James is one of those books that I don't read. No, it's not like Leviticus to me. Because I understand all the words of James, that's the problem. You see, James is one of those books that there's no way of getting around what he says. You see, there's been denominations upon denominations started based off of what Paul has said, because there are some things that Paul has said that not everybody 100% agrees with, right? But the things of James, there's no way to get around them. So like what we learned from Pastor Bernie last week is, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. I'm sorry, I don't want to count anything joyous, I want to be able to vent how I'm feeling in that moment, and I don't care what you think about how I feel in that moment. I want to be able to do it no matter what. See, I already have a problem with James, because when I suffer, I do not feel joyous at all. In fact, I, in January, I said, you know what, I'm going to go through the New Testament, and I, I want to just take my time and soak everything up. And it just so happened that last Sunday night, I started James chapter one, and I am still in James chapter one. Because every time I get to a new paragraph, I'm like, James, you're killing me. I can't keep living this way. And so part of what we're going to talk about this morning, I think is very timely for today. Uh, But hopefully you guys will be able to go through this journey with me because this is definitely been a journey for me this week, because I I can't bring something to you that I have not wrestled through. So if you guys would, the scripture will be up on on the screen, and I am going to read. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Can we just stop there for a second? I don't know who defined the term righteous anger. doesn't exist. But we're not here to talk about that today. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. When was the last time you visited an orphan or a widow? See why James is so hard? Because it's very black and white. There is no gray when you read James. But we're not going to talk about most of what we heard. We're going to focus on being a doer and not a hearer only. 
You see, one of the things in the very beginning that James says is that the word of God can save you. It doesn't save you. It's a bold statement, but I've been, over the last 10 years, I've become very sad for where the church as a whole within America has come. Because we, somewhere along the line, have started believing this lie that we can merely sit in a seat and hear the word of God and be saved. We feel like we can come on a Sunday morning and receive the preaching or even go home and read the word of God and that's what saves us. But what James says here, right at the very end of that first paragraph in verse 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Which is able to save your souls. You see, hearing the word of God takes action followed by that hearing. That's what saves you. But see, I want us to understand how we get there. We have to first receive the word of God with meekness. What does that mean? Humbly submitted to the word that we're hearing. When was the last time you came to service and left the building and said, I heard nothing that morning? Or you came into service and you just kept thinking about all the things that were going on or, or the, the issues you're having with relationships and what's taking place in your heart. And you walked away and were like, yeah, I, I got nothing there. Or you got home and maybe you were talking to a family member and they were talking about their time at service or church that morning and you were trying to think of what you remember and it was nothing. You see, the first thing that we have to understand to put action into the word of God is that we first have to humbly submit our hearts, our lives to that word. So then, and notice the wording of James, so the word is implanted deep within our hearts. Much like what Jesus said with his parable, when the sower sows the word, some falls on a path, some on the side, and some in fertile Soil. You see, I want to be a person that comes to the Lord with fertile soil so his word can be implanted so deeply that it produces action on what I'm hearing. Does that make sense? So it's not just merely hearing the word that gets me saved, it's me putting action into it. In fact, Romans puts it this way in chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it's the act or the speaking out, the confession of what God is doing in our hearts that makes a man saved. And so, therefore, what I've seen over and over and over again, and I've talked to pastors who are like, I, I, just, I just wish I could, th- somehow there would be a fire lit in their seats. I even heard pastors say that they go to the seats in their sanctuary and pray for this fire to be lit inside of them that would cause them to act out what they are hearing because what they are seeing are people that are hearing the word on a Sunday morning and their lifestyle shows something completely opposite. You see, hearing followed by action is what saves you. Hearing followed by action is what guides you. If you move on to the next part of this set of scriptures, James talks about, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently into his, nat- in, at his natural face in a mirror. 
For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. Ladies, how many times have you looked into a mirror getting all dolled up? Not even 30 seconds after you left, you're already in front of that mirror again because you forgot what you saw. Or better yet, how many times, and this is for all, and guys do it too, trust me, I I was like that. Now you can tell I really don't care what I look like, so... (laughs) We get, we're at the car, right? And we're looking in the rear view mirror, our flip down visor mirror, and we're looking and we're checking ourselves out and we're adjusting and then all of a sudden we get out of the car and only 10 feet goes by and there's a storefront there with a window that we think is only one way, but is actually two ways. So we stand there and we pose and we fix again as if we somehow completely changed appearances from 10 feet. Now I know it's Lompoc and the wind can sometimes get the best of us, but we're not looking at our hair, are we? We forgot what we look like. This is what James is saying. The person who hears the word of God and does not do it is like a person who forgets what they look like. Or let's go to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, 46. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I tell you. I'll tell you what he is like, the one who does what I tell him. He is like a man who dug so deep and built a strong foundation and then built his house. And when the storms of life came, his house stood. But for the one who does not hear my words and do them, he built his house without building a solid foundation. And when the storms of life came, That house was no more. It's interesting to me how James draws upon Jesus. I believe that he's drawn upon these words from Jesus. But see, he's putting it in a more practical sense of, hey, all you vain people who are so worried about your outward appearance, how much greater is the word of God? And how are we treating the word of God to where when we hear it, We're walking out the door as if it never had an opportunity to sink in. Being a doer of the word that we hear is what guides us. We've had this happen, right? Because here's the thing. This is the other thing that I've noticed. The more that I hear the same thing over and over again, I start to distort the truth. You understand what I'm talking about, right? When you're a kid, your parents said, hey, I want you to take out the trash right now. Ten minutes goes by, you've heard it about another hundred times, that same statement, and somehow at the end of that ten minutes, you are arguing with your parent and saying, you never gave me a deadline. To which the parent responds, yes, I acknowledged you and you talked back the first time I asked this question and I said right now, to which you answered, yes, I'll do it. And somehow over the ten minutes of hearing that same thing, we are now believing the lie that I was never given a time frame. Or how about RSVPs or regrets only on invitations, which should never be there in the first place? Why? Because nobody listens to that. Think about it. I remember when we were getting married, two days before, we had 400 people that we were supposed to set up for our reception. Two days before, we had 130 yeses. 
This wedding costs almost 40 grand to put on. I'm telling you, everybody better show up. So I had family members that are calling, trying to figure out, are you coming? You see, what happens is we get these invitations and in conversation, in text message, in Facebook, in Instagram, and all those other outlets through phone conversation, we have heard about this party and this thing going on that we eventually believe that we have responded to the invitation, Which is why it is so scary because we can get so easily caught up in hearing the word of God over and over and over again to where we actually believe that we're saved. And that we actually never did anything with it. This is why James is the book I skip because I have to sit here and go, God, where am I not doing where you have said? Where, where do I need to make adjustments where you have prompted me? You see, when we hear the word of God over and over and over again and do nothing with it, it's very easy for us to start distorting that truth. Oh, see right there? Honor your father and mother. See, I, they don't deserve my honor. Oh, this, this is a good one. Don't put any other gods before me. No, because see, I, money's my God. He, he's just one that I see on Sundays. Oh, man, treat my neighbor, like love my neighbor as myself. I hate my neighbor. They're up late every Saturday night partying. With music I don't understand. <laughs> oh man, like, you mean I'm supposed to act out what I hear? And what ends up happening after a while, when we just keep hearing and hearing and hearing, we end up with a Bible that's full of Psalms and Proverbs because that's what makes us feel good. See, this is why this is so hard for me to read because I have to present myself in a humble, submissive posture before the Lord to say, Lord, where have I gone wrong? Where am I not acting out what you've asked of me? Where do I need to make adjustments? There's this quote, and, and many of you guys might have heard this years ago uh, on a DC Talk album, right? Back then it was a cassette. So, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. People that say that they are Christians, and the only thing different about them is that they carve out an hour of their Sunday morning. The only thing that's different about them is that they have Caleb on their radio. The only thing that's different about them is that they pray over their meal. The only thing that's different about them really isn't that much different than me. Because we've gotten to a place where we consume so much that we've believed we're actually doing it, but the truth is we're not really 
acting it out. See, preaching, when I was a kid, I thought was something that I had to be on stage, that I had to have five points that were so thought out that it was going to save people. So about 15 years ago, this church gave me a shot and said, look, I know you're fresh out of the world, but we need a graphic designer, so hey, let's do it. And I knew that I was called to be a pastor. I knew. That's why I lived in the world, because I didn't want it. So when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew when they asked me to be a graphic designer, I was like, I'm not trading $70,000 a year for $10 an hour. That is just stupid. But I knew that I had to say yes. And so I took the job, and I'm working, and I'm doing this. And I remember one day I'm sitting in my office, and I'm going, what am I, this is not a pastor. Nowhere in this definition am I being a pastor. And I remember I was sitting in my office, I was doing my devos, and I remember the Lord just speaking to me. He was like, Scott, you can be a pastor wherever you're at. You don't have to have memory verses. You don't have to have parables. You don't have to explain anything. You just need to live what I tell you. Live what I tell you? What does that mean? Everything that you hear, I want you to do. So just down the street, we had our printing press conveniently located a block away. I was there two to three times a week. That was my first thought. Man, I'm at this business two to three times a week. How about I start building a relationship with these guys? These guys are definitely not churched. They're the farthest thing from church. And so therefore, I am going to work with them and start develop a develop a relationship with Javier and with Chris. And so I did. Every two weeks, I took Chris out to what, uh, Wingstop. Because that's where big guys go. You can eat all the wings you want and still keep it pretty cheap. And we were a couple of big guys. We went to Wingstop every two weeks. And I just was real with the guy. I didn't tell him to stop his language. I didn't tell him to stop talking that way. I didn't tell him any of that stuff, man. I let him share away. And he let me share away. And I didn't tell him about Jesus. I didn't pull out my Bible and like, dude, this is where you're wrong. I didn't do any of that. And I remember one day he looks at me. We're driving in the truck and he's like, Scott, why do you do what you do? I'm like, do you really want to know? And he goes, yeah, why do you do what you do? And I'm like, well, okay, so let me tell you a story, man. I was driving in this very truck a couple of years ago, smoking a joint, going to work, and I heard this voice. So much that I got out of my truck and started searching through my truck because the voice was so loud. I thought my friends were playing a trick on me, like they had put something in my truck. That was just like this recorder that was constantly going off. And I couldn't find anything. And as I was looking underneath one of the seats, I heard this word, Scott, what you're looking for, you're not going to find. To which right there, I called in sick to work and I went to the church that I knew I needed to go to. And that was the night that my life forever transformed. Chris, that's why I am the way I am. What's interesting, this week, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Darren comes in and says, hey, there's a phone call for you. It's Chris. I'm like, Chris who? I don't know. I just got Chris. To which I pick up the phone. I said, hey, thank you for waiting. This is Scott. And he goes, hey, you're not going to know the voice, but you're going to remember the times. And he goes, this is Chris from Polydot. And I'm like, Chris from Polydot? What in the world? 
And he goes, hey, I don't want to sound like a stalker right now, but I literally like searched you out. I had to Google you finally to find your name was at the top of the search list at Lompoc, or he said Lompoc Foursquare Church, to which I was like, no, it's Lompoc, bro. <laughs> and he goes, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and he said that he was attending Florence Avenue Foursquare Church. And I said, oh, that's awesome. And, and he said, I told him, hey, you need to look up Scott Betchel, man. He's a super cool guy, and he's not pushy at all. Like, just, oh, and he goes, no, there's no guy by the name of Scott that works here. And he goes, well, that can't be right. And so he called the church, and I wasn't there. And then so he's like, well, I don't know how else to get a hold of him. I don't have his number anymore. And so he Googled me. That's the first time that's ever happened. And he said, so I'm calling you today because when I was having this conversation with my friend, the thought occurred to me. You were the per first person that ever talked about God in my presence. I said, yeah, well, why does that matter? And he said, because in January, I gave my life to the Lord. So I felt like I had to hunt you down to let you know that I gave my life to the Lord because of that one time in your truck. See, listen to this. Chris was this incredible guy that I built a relationship with, and I wasn't judgy. I didn't preach to him. I just lived out what Jesus told me, to serve my neighbors to love on my neighbors. I built a relationship built on trust, built on understanding, built on truth. It got to the point where he invited me to play softball on his team. Now listen to me, his team were full of party animals, club promoters, and drug dealers. He invited me because there was one slot on his team. I played about four days a week of softball. And he's like, can you fit in another day? No, I actually can't. I'm trying to get rid of these teams. But because I know of the situation that's at hand, what an opportunity to be on this team and one of them look at me and go, so what do you do? Because I had those questions for them and the response was, well, I'm a dope dealer. I promote this nightclub. I do this. I do that. Hey, and I remember one guy particularly looks at me, he goes, you know, you ask all these questions, but what do you do? I'm like, well, at this point, I was a junior high pastor. I'm like, well, I'm a pastor, which I've learned now I don't lead with that. <laughs> he goes, a pastor? You mean like a priest? And I'm like, no, a pastor. And he goes, like, you get paid for that? I'm like, yeah, kind of awesome. I get paid to hang out with sixth or eighth graders, right? He's like, well, what do you do? Like, play video games all day long? I'm like, pretty much. That's what I do, man. It's, it's super awesome, and I go to their schools. He's like, well, what does that look like? And I'm like, dude, let's sit down. Let's talk about it someday. And then season after season, they kept inviting me back to the point where they were like, hey, do you have any other friends that want to join? See, Chris, talking to Chris this week, he's like, Scott, when I got saved, I can't leave church. I go on Sundays. I want everybody I know to be there, and I can't leave. I volunteer for everything. In fact, worship, this is what he said, worship is my jam. He's like, have you heard of this band? I'm like, yeah. Have you heard of this band? Yeah, that's like for old people, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, have you heard of this band? Like, hey, man, how about I'll text you some of the good stuff that's out there. Okay, well, do you have any books? Because I'm reading like crazy right now. Well, hey, guess what? I have books. 
crazy, right? But see, if I would have been trapped in this idea that I'm just going to soak up and not do anything, this one guy would have never heard about that one story that happened in my life. This one guy would have never transformed if it wasn't for me. Now, do I believe that our God is bigger than all that? And if his plan was that for him to receive the gospel? Yes, I know that God would have done that. But that's not what I'm saying Man, I'm looking at my neighborhood right now and I'm going, how different would it be if I actually did what I hear? Imagine with me how different our homes would be if I actually acted out what I was reading or what I was hearing on a Sunday morning. Imagine with me how different Lompoc and the issues within Lompoc would be if the community of believers in Lompoc stopped whining about the things that are happened, but actually just started simply acting out the word of God. Like, how different would that be? I don't even want to go to the county or to the nation or to the world. I just want to talk about right now. What do my neighbors see when they see me? What do they hear come out of my mouth when they're around me? When they see me frustrated and know that I'm frustrated, how do they see me react? Is it out of righteous anger? See, that's why James is the book I skip I'm still in chapter one and haven't finished. Because every time I open it up, the next paragraph is another one inside my heart. But what's amazing is it's another one that God has the opportunity to heal and work through and get me going in a better direction. Imagine with me, if we weren't just hearers of the word, but if we actually became doers of it. Pastor Bernie, do you want to come up? At the bottom of your outline is a question. I want you guys this week, I want you to read this chapter and I want you to ask yourself this question. And I want you to honestly answer it. And it's okay to be honest. Nobody's going to be watching. I want you to look inside your heart and inside your life. And see, maybe where a small course correction could happen or maybe something you know that he's been telling you to do, that you just need to do it. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.